0: go let's go sandwich okay ah bienvenidos my mortals what is (laughs) tapping out the gate hitting you with tap puns trial and error and podcast puns there's nothing you could do about it but sit there and take it in the ear hole oh my puns are fantastic but but you know it is a fantasticer other than the fact that that's not a word is the eight and one Minnesota Vikings, baby! Let's go, I got on the OG Delvin Cook 33 before he was foe, which I guess is his original college number, but it's all good. A nice fly, purple jersey, purple people eaters, getting the job done, they're playing do or die football, they're playing as a cohesive unit, they're making themselves believe, they're making me believe, and if you don't like that, I got three words for you. You like that? You like that? The Vikings—they have arrived, but unfortunately, that is not what this podcast episode is about today, no sir. Absolutely not. I had something else in mind, but I'm just repping. I'm feeling so juiced, so excited for Sunday's first time in a long time. That first time in a long time that's happened. Uh, just in sports in general, I've been so jaded, but oh, let's go Vikings! I love it. Uh, reason to believe. So today's podcast episode, I was thinking, what the hell can I talk about that people would actually care about? Where do I have expertise? Where am I not talking completely out of my ass? Like 99% of the time, I figured I have a little bit, a wee bit of background in something that everybody hates, including myself. And that is Advertising. Yes, the mindless, mo- the mindless monster that you endure every day when you're watching YouTube, when you're listening to Pandora, Spotify, listening to AM radio. You can't escape them. They're everywhere you look. You live them and breathe them. Ads. 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 Fucking ads everywhere. And I. Um, Oh, I detest what the end result is most of the time, but I'm going to shed some light on this industry that I was a part of for a little bit to give uh, give whoever's listening a better understanding of what they're seeing, why they're seeing it, and maybe when they see ads, they won't see the mind-numbing message or endure the manipulation that the ads are intended to do because they're just thinking, okay, why is that there? Why did they choose this song? Or what is the overall message? Who's the target audience? What have you I'm going to give you a different lens to see advertising through So they're not as irritating, but more of a, a mental exercise of what the hell they're trying to accomplish. And most of the time I'm just sitting there just I still have the end result. I'm just drooling because I'm so bored and just like, what the hell am I watching right here? This makes no sense. If anything, I'm almost more infuriated because I know what creativity is out there. And then by the time the finished creative product hits the TV screens, it's just this steaming pile that is so different most of the time than uh, what the creative folk come up with. If Only the clients had some balls. But anyways, we'll get get there. We'll get there. Advertising, where do I begin? I was taking some notes before. This walked across to Lake Solano. That's the thinking spot, baby. That's the, it's, what a beautiful spot. Go and visit Lake Solano, damn it. Donate a little money there. It's a beautiful spot. That's where I go to take some notes and I'm thinking, where am I gonna start this advertising industry, this creative mind manipulation, this billion dollar, multiple billion dollar industry. It starts with ad agencies. What are ad agencies? It's a building, location filled with a bunch of creative people that are trying to sell their creativity to who? Clients. Who are the clients? They are big name businesses. They're mon pops. They're middle range businesses. If you're selling something, you have a need for advertising. And that's why major advertising hubs are in places like San Francisco, New York, London. Those are big ones. LA, Chicago, Sydney, Tokyo, just major cities where there are many HQs of big businesses and companies and celebrities, what have you, wherever there's a brand, sports teams, whatever there is, wherever there's a logo, whenever you see billboards, whenever you're at a bus station, you see signs, whenever you're in the subway and you look up, you see the little, the bar of just something clever, or those posters, whenever you're on your phone, and you're scrolling down, goddamn Instagram. You're on a website. You see the little bar or something flashing. That's all advertising. They're ad agencies or public relation agencies responsible for that. Every second of the day, you're seeing it. You see you're in an airplane, fly by with a bandana or dragging something behind the Goodyear blimp. It's all ad. It's all advertising. It's everywhere. The world is lousy with advertising, and it's these ad agencies that make it so. Um, so you ever adding, there's big ones, there's Whited and Kennedy, which I believe is the one for Nike. You get like these brands and these ad agencies are doing all the creative work for these brands. The brands pay the ad agencies, that's how the ad agencies make make their money, they're the ads. And then they do business with um, TV broadcasting companies, say CBS or Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, whatever, MTV there's so many different levels to this of when certain airtime is if it's prime time that's why ads cost so much damn money in the Super Bowl because everybody's watching there's more eyes and there's statistics that show X amount of people are gonna be watching this ad at this time that's why the budgeting is huge there's so many different levels and when you see a finished ad on like say the Super Bowl there's so many logistics there's so many layers there's so much legal there's so much everything it is wild how much goes into it so yeah but we're gonna we're gonna dive into that shit so before that even happens before say it's just a naked ad ad agency and there's a big company say say it's nike everybody knows nike it's familiar nike's like well we need to rebrand or we need to sell a certain product we got a new shoe coming out we need something. There's always a need. It could be a product. It could be a complete rebranding. I'll get there later. But say it's just what product XYZ. The And then they'll have um, these agencies come in and give Ha, they'll have meetings. They'll do examples of what the type of work they could do. This is what we're capable of. Here's our creative side. Here's our flow. Here's our philosophy. And here's how we think we can best represent you through these example ideas. You'll get mock images, maybe like some low budget stuff. But you want to put a lot of effort into it. Say you'll have three ideas to be able to show them. There's only so much time. And like other the other ad agencies aren't in there. They're not going to see. But it's just you and the client. It's just a business room. You've got your PowerPoint or Keynote. Some people use Prezi. I, I I despise Prezi. I can't even keep track of it. But that's just a personal thing. Um. So say your ad agency, like you know Skull Creative, goes in there and we're like Nike. We think we can do this. Here's this idea we're thinking about these celebrities. Here's potential budgets. You go over so much, and and at you'll get about three ideas and then there's, there's even strategy to how you present your ideas. Do you want to go the heavy hitter first? Like what you think your best idea is out the gate? And then the second two aren't, aren't doing as good. Or do you want to do the two kind of ideas that you're presenting two comprehensive ad campaigns? Are we going to do that first and then lead up to like the bomb to hit the, the client with? like what you think your best idea is, give it, give it some thought. Like how would you strategize two ideas? Or maybe there's, maybe, maybe even give them like a special fourth one. Like, hey, like um, we're a little out of schedule, we can give you um, like one more idea we just had kicking around just for shits and giggles. Just kinda, cause for me, when I'm giving a presentation, I like to, yeah, make it somewhat formal, but at the same time, have it kind of conversational, a little back and forth in between uh, my slides and whatnot. So if you're like, you can get there, that's where just, Salesmanship, and craftsmanship, combine to sell creativity. It's a kind of a cool concept. You're selling your creativity, and say they like school creative. Nike's like, you know what? Fuck yeah, you, you got it. You have our contract, kid. Here you go. Now here, then, then the real work begins. Landing a client is just the beginning. You gotta get them first, and that's why there's really big ad agencies and they'll have their laundry list. Here are the clients we've worked with. And you can even whip that out. Hey, Nike, say Skull Creative, like we worked for big baller brand. No, we would never do that. You got, you want to represent a client that is also a reflection of yourself in terms of values. No big baller brand. Um, say we did Adidas, we did the 530 sneakers company, and one a little, or whatever the the laundry list it's like your resume you're kind of you're peacocking this is who we've worked for this is the the work that got us recognized there um so you go to any ad go to goodby goodby silverstein and partners you go to any ad agency type in san francisco ad agencies a bunch will come up and you'll be able to see what work they've done you're like oh shit like that they did geico commercials they did old spice or whatever there's it's very niche, but it's it's out there, and you can see who's responsible for what, which is kind of cool if you're in the ad re- world, because it's a very niche world, but it affects everybody else, which is, yeah, makes you feel special a little bit. Hi, Kit, nobody's as special as you. Get over here. Oh, I didn't have to pick her up. Look at her. She's ready to roll. Look at her, she's naked. Doesn't even have a, even have a collar on, no leash, no nothing. Mm-hmm. All right, don't step on the computer, you little shit. You little shortcake. Rumble, rumble. Look at her. If you're watching on YouTube, behold. Behold the cat. Hey. Oh, if you're only listening, you're missing out on some great cat content. Here you go. Lay it down. Chill. So, the work begins. All right, let's see. Meeting comes. All right, yeah. You're creative. All right, so you have a creative director. You're usually like the head honchos at the ad agency and they're the ones who sell the end product along with maybe some copywriters or art whoever whoever's responsible but that's that's in a second let's see here i'm trying i'm looking at my notes here all right all right <laughs> oh my god oh no i want to page over damn it no wonder kit just moving everything everything all the way all right so say yeah okay now now it makes sense say your ad agency gets picked all right that's good now let's meet the team let's meet the team of Skull creative you're gonna have a creative director they're like the general they're the one who says yay or nay to things they're the one who approves it all they get the final say on what their team comes up with and they'll give feedback every step of the way hey we have these ideas whatever and uh, they're usually an older person that has a many years, at least 10 years of experience in the ad agency, the ad industry. And uh, they're like, the, yeah, they're the head honchos. Then you have your copywriters, like myself. You're the wordsmith. You're more reliant for your creative thinking, critical thinking, connecting dots, um, finding clever ways of saying things. There's a lot of copywriters who also get into comedy because you're able to say things, you're able to come up with, with wacky ideas and creative ways to interact with people and to impart a message. So that's a copywriter, all words, but then you got your art we are just Billy badasses, these just unsung heroes. I mean, they're sung heroes. It's just, there's so much artistry. There's so much art that goes into advertising, whether it's digital or any, look at the uh, billboards. You look at the ad, look at the ads and realize, okay, humans put this together. Think of the art that went into it. There's there's Adobe Illustrator, Photoshop, InDesign, there's styluses, there's pencils, there's, I mean, maybe it. say you're selling a product where it's better to do traditional art or, in some regard. I, there's the possibilities are endless. That's what makes this gig, this industry so wild because the more creative you are, the more jobs you're gonna get, the more recognized you'll be and the higher up you'll go. The more money you'll make, quite a lucrative, industry but i mean don't plan on having a family or uh, any any you time because it's just long hours long hours but there's nothing else like it i'd say just this this wild ad world but you got your copywriters art directors and everybody has their specialty um and that's where just directors do more than just movies you can do ad spots you can do think of some super i guess one of the most well-known video shots because ads are just mini movies, I guess. Um, it was a Super Bowl ad for the new Apple uh, Macintosh. And it's off of, I think it was Brave New World and it's an image, I think it was directed by Ridley Scott. And this chick is running through these rows of people that are getting spoke to by Big Brother. There's all looking up at this screen and she has this sledgehammer and just hurls it into the big screen, shattering it and breaking out everybody's trance with Big Brother and just getting mind controlled. The Apple Macintosh, blah, 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 blah. That was, I think, the most winningest and most popular and granderized ad of all time. And just the terms of its impact and whatever, and just technology was evolving. I and mean, That was a cool time, 80s, 60s, 70s. What a cool time you, to be in advertising, because you can get away with anything. You can say anything. It was the wild west when it came to creativity. You look back at old ads, and you're like, "How in the hell did they get away with this?" Or this dicey-ass, borderline homophobic or racist uh, slogan, or whatever. Oh, one comes to mind. It's not bad, but it's, it's you only really see nicotine and tobacco ads and Playboy magazines and whatever. And at the landfill, be working, you need to see them on the ground. Of course, you're gonna take a peek. It's Playboy. And the ad's hilarious. It was for um, a jewel, electronic smoking. It says nobody likes it. That, the, the tagline, nobody likes a quitter. <laughs> You're not gonna smoke cigs, you might as well do uh, electronic cigs. Ah, oh, delightful. Anyways, I digress, art directors. And then, uh, so those are the three other entities and then you get your account managers. These people are crucial to the success of the overall creative team. These are the liaison between the ad agency and the client, the business people. They're the ones setting up meetings, they're they're doing communications, they're figuring out who needs to figure out what logistically, what legal matters we gotta do. They are the manufacturers, the operators. They're the lubrication that keeps the gears turning or otherwise the machine would break down. Account managers, lifesavers grinders gotta love them and uh, that is essentially the team that's an ad agency yes you have your secretaries custodians interns um, there's just a lot that goes into it a lot of people doing budgets account manager uh, those those types of accounts, budgetary accounts because boy howdy the every all the creative has to come with a budget and there's the multiple layers say skull creative is like hey the shoe commercial we're gonna have um, the new uh punter right from the uh, from the vikings we're gonna do a sneaker ad for him where he just kicks everything and it's gonna be hilarious and funny and all that good stuff so that could be one of the ideas but you have to have a budget because you have to get a film crew maybe your agency's bald enough you have your own film crew you have your equipment you have to go to different sites and make sure you have all the permits to film there and you have to get the actors you have to get them scheduled under contract that they're going to work this many days and then there's accommodations you have to get there's there's so much that you work into the budget and you have to contact do all this legwork before you even come in if you go into it's called a pitch meeting that's when you bring your creative after say a month yeah it it's like that's where it goes down that's the show is is the client satisfied with what they're paying for and if you fuck that up, it's really awkward. You don't want to be there when it happens. You don't want to give your client a reason to dislike what you're doing. Otherwise, they're going to be looking for another ad agency. And you'll be the one that let the big fish get away because you didn't do your job, You didn't. it didn't translate. And you'll see a lot of instances of that where there's a super successful um, ad campaign and then they'll go a different direction or whatever. And it's just not as funny or you'll see them try different angles. Like Carl's Jr. is an example. They have no consistency in what they're doing. They don't have a most uh, interesting man in the world. They got nothing like that. They used to go hard with the boobies. That was their brand. Just scumbags. All-American boys eat their hamburgers and staring at damn boobies. Carl's Jr. Now they're just whatever. There's a yellow star that has silly voices, I guess. But... Oh my God, there's so much digression. So much digression, but you're going to stick with it. You're going to love it. So anyways, before the pitch meeting, that's the final thing. I'm just skipping all over the place here. Uh, you have statistic teams, all right? Advertising and what goes into everything, it's not just for the sake of it. Everything you see, you're meant to see. Everything you're hearing, the way things happen, the way you see them, when you see them, and why you're seeing them. You specifically, me, a 32-year-old... Um, white male in Northern California, they got this information. By hook and crook they'll get it, or they'll have what's called focus groups, which is your key demographic. So say we're kick or Skull Creative is selling this this new Nike shoe. Helps you kick kick farther. It's a wild success. We come with this ad campaign and we think that uh, what, what we take into account, there's gender, the age range, they don't male, 25 to 40. Uh, you get their education level, their um, average income, geographic location, what they value, what their day-to-day is. So as a copywriter, you're getting this information, the numbers don't lie, you're, get, you're getting this information, then you have to find an ad school, you have to find an ad or an uh, art director, or hopefully you jive with the art director that's already there. Because you guys gotta come up with an idea, you're a team. And you gotta come up with the idea, you gotta bullshit, sniff a bunch of coke, and just put whatever ideas on a whiteboard, then you gotta formulate something. Maybe maybe there's another art director and copywriter getting after it uh, to create something for your art director, different teams working on one account, who's gonna win? (coughs) Who's got better ideas? Who's gonna be the go-to duo for the next big project. Who's gonna be the go-to person that the creative director wants working on these big dick cases, working on these big fish. Mm, Very competitive, this field, very competitive. But there's a lot of, I guess it depends on who you are. It's very small. They they tell you not to burn bridges, which you shouldn't do in general, but it's a very niche community. And if you're an asshole in one agency, word's gonna get around because people know people so often it's not even three layers of kevin bacon it's like two possibly one and a half in the ad world and a lot of times everybody that i interacted with when i went to ad school and went and visited different ad agencies and and intern dope people nobody really stood out as a dickhead if i'm being completely honest maybe some people a little arrogant what have you but you you gotta be about yourself you gotta be confident in what you're creating because it's like you know you create to express your creativity is to be vulnerable in a certain regard, unless you're just balling and people love what you do and then your shit don't stink. <sighs> Anyways, you're considering all this information, coming up with cool ideas. So we come up with whatever. And then after all that's considered, ah, to come up with ideas, I guess this is the biggest part in creativity. We're creating ideas for your, for, to, to present to your clients. You have to establish an insight. What is an insight? It is the seed that you plant that an idea can grow from or an ad campaign can go from. Usually it's one idea with three separate executions of the one idea. An insight is a truth. An insight is something that when you tell somebody, it, they're like, oh yeah, like, yeah, I, I totally get that. I, I, I identify with that. It's, it's what you laugh at when you hear a joke. That's why when I said copywriters can be like, or like comedians, it's because they're good at digging up that insight, that inner truth that your target audience identifies with and will, will please them because they're pleased. Because you have connected your advertising, your idea, it, the insight with what they believe in, they are going to, it, it, it appeals to them. And when you appeal to them, they're like, well, okay, let's see this product here. This product speaks to me. It's a reflection of myself. I can see myself wearing these uh, right on shoes. These, these kicks. Ah, <laughs> I love it. These kicks. Football, the shoes are, uh, in the shape of a football, whatever. But they'll love it, these, these kicks. Kick the football. It's it's perfect because he's a punter. Oh my god these ideas you guys That's how the creative process works. It just fucking comes you can't force this shit That's another element to this shit. There's days You're not coming up with a damn thing and you got a deadline at 4 o'clock and you've been doing blow since 10 30 a.m The previous day because you can't come up with an idea Sometimes you gotta go for a walk and take your mind off it and then it comes to you later. It doesn't come at all It's so crazy. You can't will or force Creativity, you can only create the circumstances that give you the best chances of capturing whatever it is in the ether that we call an idea. The money maker. Um, God, look at me rant and digress. I care not. I care not. Creativity is fluid. Anyways, Um, establish the inside and let's see. Connected product. Yeah, Yeah, Connect with the people. We come up with these ideas. We have the ad campaigns. I'm just recapping here. Uh, right, create like we have a great commercial. Here's what Skull Creative came up with. We have him in an ad. Maybe has some hot sauce or something like that. Maybe have some socks. My buddy and I came up with sock insurance one time for this one. This one brand. It's like if you lose one, then they'll send you another sock insurance. Right. Excuse me. Anywho great ad ideas. Fantastic. We go to the pitch meeting. We pitch the ideas and they love it. The the client Nike is so happy. They're stellar. They they loved all three. We're like, "Well, we'll we'll somehow work all three of these in. This is the best creative stuff we've ever seen in our lives." Us, Nike. We usually speak in the third person, but you've humbled us with your creativity. My god. Take all this money and then you get all the money. And then you Oh my God, you have fun creating this ad campaigns. You make it come to life. At least that's what happened in ad school. When you leave ad school, they can clip your wings because there's budgets and legal and all the bureaucracy in the world, all the red tape that keeps you stuck to reality. It sucks. That's why ad school rules, because you can do whatever you want as long as you have an art director good enough to make it come to life in some kind of way. Oh boy, Ranting. Ranting, ranting, ranting. All right, uh, there is one story. I read this book. It's called Haggerty on Advertising. It's on the shelf over there. And this British guy is just a big dick in the ad world back in the day. And they went to one pitch meeting. They had this great idea. I forget what they're what they're selling, but their idea that in which they were pitching to the client. Classic big old rectangle table. Just just sitting there listening to what you have to say. And their idea included a blue, a blue fly and the client stopped the meeting. It's like, yo, uh, we need a different idea. I had a bad experience with a blue fly swatter once. Deadpan, serious. They did not know how to rally. They did not know how to. <laughs> they did not know how to recover from such a comment, such a nonsensical and irrational fear, just derailed the entirety of the thing. You know, it had nothing to do with. But <laughs> it's just so funny because we are not selling it to him we're selling it to your your people anyways anyways your customers that's how horrible a pitch meeting can go is just you're dealing with these a lot of times uncreative humans that get what they want you can have the most creative ideas in the world but if you have a dildo of a client that doesn't like it or they're just not feeling your vibe and not letting you do your job. I mean, sometimes they could be right, be like this is too crazy or this doesn't, they do know their brand, their product, but they have to trust the creative. It's called the creative. That is <laughs> that is the industry term of what is presented to the client. Oh, have you double-checked the creative? Uh, can you send me the creative in an email at 0600? Anyth- the creative. <laughs> So, but but Skull uh, create, Creative doesn't have to worry about worry about that because we landed Nike. This is the next best thing since Air Jordan. Instead of Air Jordan, where he's doing this, it's gonna be like an upside down version of Wright just kicking his legs up like this. It'd just be perfect. It's gonna be a perfect ad campaign. I'm gonna send this podcast to Nike. Sign right now. Sign right now. Let's go creating this ad campaign as we speak. Ah, uh, all goes well. All right, so there's different types of ads. So those are kind of traditional that we've all seen the, the, on TV, YouTube, whatever, like all the different media you consume. But there's also experiential stuff that maybe you have or haven't come across, but they're cool little pop-up shops or um, ex- like I said, experiential things you can do. It might be a Coachella, there's different types of stuff where it's like a light company or, or uh, audio company, Dutch Brothers, you can just do whatever. If it's culturally relevant, you can do a lot of cool stuff in a certain city. Like, what did I have here? Um, Yeah, like, add an idea for, like, pop-up, like, whatever city you have a pop-up and themed Airbnb. Say it's in New York, obviously you're going to have the friend's couch or at Tinsel Perk or one of their apartments. You just renovate a room to make it look exactly like it does in the show. Maybe... I forget, maybe in Pasadena, one looks like it's Big Bang Theory. It's Sean Cooper's in um, what's-his-face's living room. That'd be cool. Even The Simpsons. I think they already do this, by the way. It's not an original idea, but that's what sucks when you think you have a really good idea and you Google it and somebody's already done it. It fucks. It it kills you. Uh, Another experiential one that I thought was awesome was... It's when Lance Armstrong was still unfound out, was still Royden baby, but he had his live, live strong campaign, another campaign. Jesus Christ. I I was going to get to it later, but when you have the right endorsement by a celebrity and or athlete, um, the combination works very well. And it's, it, it seems believable An insight that hits hard and hits home is genuine. It's pure because people sense bullshit. If you're trying to sell them snake oil, they, they know it especially a message. And so Lance Armstrong beating and fighting against cancer, live strong, like live. It just, it it empowers you. It's the feeling of empowerment. You wanna be a part of it. It's a cool little rubber band. It's such an easily recognizable message that you're saying, hey, this is what I'm about this life. And those rubber bands really caught on. So it's all like all about trends and to be as strong to fight like Lance Armstrong. Hell yeah, I wanna do that. So what Nike did, I think you could go online and you donate whatever to cancer research and then they had this Chalkbot go on the Tour de France route and then whatever your message was, it would put it in chalk on the asphalt so when there's the overhead camera, the popular one, like there are always overhead cameras for the Tour de France, they'll go over the bicyclist but the messages will always will all be there. All along the the, the the routes, they had these messages, different language people, messages from loved ones to another. They're going through something, what have you. Kids over here causing a ruckus. But something experiential like that. There's a lot of cool stuff, and there's a lot of great ideas out there. God bless it, cat. I caught her. I caught her. Silly little shit. All right, now I'm going to just hold you here. All right. So, yeah. We've gone through quite a bit. Experiential. Depending on the balls of the client, the creative will thrive. I had this other idea. God bless it for Adobe, but never came to fruition. Um, to promote Adobe, say Photoshop or Illustrator, whatever creative artistry um, they wanted. Like I had this. Uh, I like augmented reality ideas. So say of you your phone have a certain app or whatever, or you get to this website, maybe there's a QR code somewhere that immediately turns your phone to this website that you can quote unquote paint the city. And so when you're VR, you can see how other people have like painted, like the, the buildings will be interactive. You could paint them. You can put stickers, messages, whatever, whatever debauchery, whatever it's creative. And then whoever has this VR set up on their phone, they can look at it too and add to it, put stuff on the ground. Like they could paint the entire city in this virtual reality which I think is kind of cool, but we'll see if it happens. Give it, give it a year or two. my FBI agent. will send all these, these ideas, these tremendous ideas. Uh, and then I would highlight to see what like the power of advertising. Um, look at, or watch the and one little documentary on Netflix. And that was a dope brand. Talk about like ad agencies can really help you establish a brand. If the, company doesn't have one already and just the M1 brand when you think about it from an advertising perspective pretty dope um like urban culture type vibe it was really cool and you think of the demographic they're not going after the middle-aged housewife in urban america they're going after the young african american in, in the inner city they're appealing to such that and that audience radiates it's hip it's what's now basketball, like streetball became such a thing. It's like, it's a really dope documentary of how they kind of advertise themselves and establish your brand, your your personality. Your brand is your personality. And if people get down with that, they want to emulate that. And, and one was so cool until Nike came around. Like there, there's so many other reasons. And one, you know, went bankrupt and fucked up. But Nike had that ad campaign. They say in the documentary that one where it's Jason Williams. It's black and white, and he's dribbling under his legs. He passes. It's different uh, players in the NBA, and it's kind of that beatboxing with the the squeak of the shoes, the dribble, of the ball swish, like all basketball noises. And that kind of destroyed and won because Nike out urban out out streetballed them in a way. Because there's some dope. Like white chocolate, Jason Williams. <clears throat> Mm, the truth. He is the truth. Not, who is it? Paul Pierce is the truth? No, it's Jason Williams. Mm. Love me some J. Will, anyways. Um, and then we got what else? <laughs> the most diabolical of all advertising, if I may say this, because I, I watch SpongeBob from time to time. I'll go into Nickelodeon. Holy crap. The ads that are geared towards children is not only mind numbing but it is it is sociopathic for whoever's creating it to approve this message for kids it is uh get get your your sassy new barbie doll that's going to make you feel more like a girl and more it or you can be like a little boy get the shoot 'em up race car hulk puncher bang 'em up toys that explode in three different colors online. It's outrageous how they are targeting these kids and just the obnoxiousness and the mindlessness of the message they're sending. If the kids are indeed enticed enough to lift their heads up from their phones while they're watching cartoons, they're going to see these ads and it's just going to pick them apart because the toys look super radical and new. It's action-packed. It's feminine. Be It's... All geared towards kids with parents that have bank accounts. And those kids are gonna bitch and moan and yearn for these, for these possessions, these toys, these things these kids can't live without. By God, the ad industry. Look at you go. And now it's just so fucking mindless what ads have turned into. There's so many incredible examples out there, and the create the creative aspect of advertising is so pure when it hasn't been watered down by shithead and uncreative clients or silly circumstances or anything. When you go to ad school, which is most dope, you are surrounded by pure creativity. And there's some amazing individuals I went to school with that are super successful in their, their advertising fields. I went the way of the newspaper, not as much money, but Hey, I still get to be creative. And that is, it's like, it's, it's an itch that only creating can scratch. And it's, it's cool just to have been around that, how ad, ad school works. To get a job in an ad agency, you have to go to ad school. It's a two-year uh, just money suck. Like they have a mother and father who I could not repay them enough. Um, you go through it. It's kind of like a trade school and you go the way of the copywriter or go the way of the art director. You have to choose your decision. You choose your path because two wildly different experiences. And if you suck at art, might as well be a copywriter. I realize, I mean, I like art, I'm okay at Photoshop, but not nearly to the level. You could to- definitely see the difference in, in what you create and what like, what the capabilities are. There's some hybrids, which is pretty dope, where you can think artistically and like uber creatively with your words. And that's not to say art directors don't come up with awesome ideas all on their own without the help of any copywriter. That Creativity is just a thing. It's, it's genetic. Like Art directors are definitely capable of it. I just felt that when I was going through it that it was kind of copywriter. Since you're not doing it, it's easier to write words than put in that much detail into art. I'll just tell you that right now. The, the, the capacities, the workloads, one does not take as much time as the other. As the other so heavy the the creative load get through it but if you have a dope art director i mean yeah you might you might get little bickerings here and there if you're trying to my idea is better your ideas but it's then like how do you compromise but so it's it's cool you learn the ins and outs of the industries of the, of the industry itself and you can have internships like from there you, you create a portfolio and your portfolio is filled with uh perspective work that you've done creative work and if you get it go to an uh, if you get an internship and you work on a project, you put that as real-world ex- world experience in your portfolio, of your portfolio, 99.99999, AKA all the time. It's an online, it's a website, mine is com, And I'm trying to, yeah, got a Wix page. I'm trying to figure out how to get my old ad work, keep it in there as well as what my uh, my bread and butter is now, which is the Tap the Trial and Arran podcast and my writing. I'm to put up my short stories and everything like that. Um, in memes, just whatever creative stuff I come up with, uh, all on the website. And if a creative director at an ad agency likes uh, likes your style, likes the way you write, likes the way you think, if it drives with their creativity over there, like, hey, we could use you, get on over here. Or you could be a freelancer. You just hop from uh, project to project, which usually usually takes a couple of months. But that's how a lot of people uh, butter their biscuit and you go to ad school, you get a portfolio, you self sell, you get hired, you get fired. It's a conga line. You're like, you'll spend at most a year if you're out of place and you'll go from ad agency to ad agency. Just, that's just kind of the way it is. You move around till you find a spot, put in a couple of years, become uh, a senior uh, copywriter, senior art director, what have you. Then you, you, your resume builds and if you feel like being a creative director, uh, you can do that. But it, I feel like it would be less fun because you're not the one creating anymore you kind of guide it and um which is a super it's pretty interesting skill because i was an intern at this place called cutwater in san francisco and the guy who created got milk the hell's his name goofy looking dude had no ass smoked like a chimney but wally creative dude just a big dick in the ad industry and um damn what is the name but i guess he got got milk from a focus group because they're trying to sell milk, and they gave them like cookies and stuff like that, whatever. And like that was, that was in the waiting room. But they didn't have any drinks. They just had whatever snacks in there for people while they're waiting to do whatever surveys or anything like that. And they they kept asking, "Hey, got got milk? Got milk? You got anything to washes down? Got milk?" And that was the fucking slogan. That's the insight. Like, like got milk? Oh, hey, kitty. Moving forward, yes. You get hired and then, okay, wild story. Wild, kind of wild story. This one uh, lady I knew in advertising, super dope lady. I was an intern for her for like a year until she moved on to work at Netflix. She's a dope outside. He got me a raise and everything, just a write or die. And she was a account manager. And she was at this ad agency one time and she walked into the creative director's office amidst him banging an intern. It's scandalous. Like I said, it's a competitive field, but God damn, like that is just so scummy. She couldn't believe it. I forget if she reported or something, like she has integrity as a person. I think she caused a stink. Hopefully she did. That was, it was just so like, what that actually happens? And I, of course it happens. Of course it happens where there's power, there's corruption and there's sexy young interns that, Need to make their way in the world. Ugh, oh, terrible, terrible. And there's also the most self-serving aspect. I mean, it could be considered a uh, a what's it called? Celebration of creativity, but it, it's also very self-serving in uh, s ing your own d kind of festival. It's known as Can's Lions, and there's different. It's the The oscars of the ad industry right and there's different types of awards there's different not just cans Lions, but there's other organizations that put together these big events where a bunch of people come and they'll see what creative stuff has happened even from ad school students uh the big agencies so many different categories and whatnot and the guy his name is chuck it's chuck i can't remember his last name anyways that's the guy that came up got milk and he, his office was filled with a number of these prestigious, prestigious awards uh, from the ad industry. And my buddy David and I came up with this idea. It was mostly him. My little, I have my like fingerprints on the, the project as well. But um, I'd say he was the the spitter of the idea. One person has the idea, you know what I mean? Anyways, um, it was called Bob. Bio, God. It, it's an acronym for bio, biodegradable something buoy. <laughs> Can't remember my own goddamn word, but it got second place in this uh, category at this uh, international uh, awards thing. Cannes Lions takes place in Cannes, France. And this biodegradable observation buoy, let's go. I remember, ah, it's incredible. Look at me remembering things. Yes, yeah, so this buoy would check um, water temperatures whenever, say, fishermen could uh, go out because David was an outdoorsman. And this would track the temperature in whatever streams and then based on that temperature, it could be normal or whatever. It would send information to a central hub where planetologists and ecological, eco, ecologists and biologists, all of them, All those guys, uh, they'll get the information and be able to make necessary adjustments or planning or schemes, what have you. But this buoy, wherever it is, is able to detect temperature and other, hopefully we have wild technology these days, hopefully more than just temperature. But anyways, you get the idea, Bob. And it's more like, we didn't really have a brand we could connect it to, but that was like part of the the charm of it because we could brand this to say Cabela's or the North phase, whatever outdoor entity, like REI, like they're, oh my God, their opt outside campaign for Black Friday, closing on Black Friday, the stones, but that shows that we're about it. Of course they close on Black Friday because that you're inside on Black Friday. Go outside. Hey, silly cat. Go outside. We'll be here when you get back. Jesus, what a campaign. I I don't know if they're still closing on Black Friday, but it just, it's so on-brand. It makes sense and people sense that. They get that. And it's just, it's awesome when it hits. Might not entice someone to actually buy something, but when you see something you actually identify with, when you compare whatever mindless fucking T-Mobile commercial you see on, on Monday Night Football with Opt Outside on Black Friday, we're closing on Black Friday, what is more impactful to you? What makes you feel more like a human being, like you're actually valued. The most mind-numbing examples of advertising right now, it's just, it's like insurance commercials. Geico, like they'll make you laugh a little bit, but insurance is mind-numbing. Car commercials, cell phone, and, and network commercials. Good God. Get whatever celebrity endorsement if you're not there, make it some kind of crazy digital spectacle. It's a car. It's a car, but they're trying to sell you a lifestyle but it's a car, like Lincoln. You wanna be like Matt McConaughey, get a Lincoln. Oh my, you wanna be dancing and raving, get a get a Scion. Go get a, a Fiat. Oh my goodness, there's just, it's wild when you connect the brands and watch the ads with this lens and just realize, okay, they're trying to target this person. I try to figure out who they're targeting, what's the insight, what's the message of this ad, and say watch the Super Bowl, you're gonna get um, uh, Napoleon, uh, you're gonna get yodeling or like, th- like throat singing, like Sheldon Cooper would do, from the Himalayas, and then it's gonna be some like Diet Pepsi commercial. Like, what the fuck? A lot of them just make no sense, but they have millions of dollars to throw at this ad campaign neuter it of all creativity whatsoever. Come up with this goofiest shit you could possibly think of. Don't trust the ad agencies. They're just gonna try to facilitate it, but yeah, it it just sucks when you see the ad, the ad campaigns out there today. This is why I say I hate it because it's just, from what I experienced in ad school to just that utter and sheer creativity and how much it just blows everything you see out of the water in every regard in terms of its the creativity aspect of it, the uniqueness, the message, the comedy, or just the look and the style. My God, what we see today is just horrendous. It sucks. Any AT&T, oh, my, it just, it all just bums you out. Bums you out because it could be so much better if those in charge, the uncreative, just let these ad agencies, let these, these go hard creatives do what they do. Sometimes I miss. I'll uh, straight up. It's sometimes they're set up to fail. Is what it is. But there's definitely a lot more that goes on behind the mind-numbing ads that consume your soul a little bit more every day. And I don't know as I'm talking about this, there's a lot more I could talk about the ads that ad, the ad world. I realize I jumped around quite a bit, but there's just that's that's the ad world. It's crazy. It's loco. Everybody's on coke except for me. I've never done it, but. <laughs> no seriously I just have the sniffles um, but yeah ad, ad industry in a nutshell it is trying to manipulate you and when you get a chance to see it in its purity in some way you see a really good idea respect it because it's one of the special ones that got through and actually meant something but in the meantime until the next tap go Vikings skull skull all day I love it. I love you, Kirk. Lead us to the promised land, baby. Bye-bye. You lose! Good day, sir!